Hey, I'm Chris, and welcome to another episode of VR UX 101 series. On this episode, uh, I'm going to be speaking with a really cool designer out of Jakarta, Indonesia. Her name is Sonia Sedarasan, and she's done a lot of work doing mobile AR, uh, creating her own alt space world, uh, hosting talks on UX design inside of alt space, which is where I met her and where you can get to meet her as well. Um, so I'm excited for this talk. Unfortunately, towards the end, the audio got a little wonky. So you're going to notice that it's going to get suddenly cut off. Um, apologize for that. Uh, you know, it's one of those things about technology. Um, but hopefully we'll get to bring Sonia back in the future. I certainly learned a lot and I'm excited for this conversation. So without further ado, uh, enjoy the show. So Sonia, tell me a little bit about your experience working with AR, VR products in the past and what made you get to the point where you are? You're currently a, a lead product designer uh, at a company in Jakarta, Indonesia. So tell me a little bit more about your story. Okay, so I guess I started my uh, career back in 2012. And so I've, I've always been in um, creative industry. I started uh, making product back in 2014 and started as a 2D product designers. And I uh, worked with multiple uh, companies, startups, and like big corporate, uh, creating apps here, there, here, there. I work for a smart city industry and I work for e-commerce before and I work for um, a grocery app like a card something like that but in Jakarta we call them like happy fresh so um, I guess I started really uh, jumping into 3d last year and um, when I actually uh, started reading a lot of book about it started actually making some uh, projects about it I realized that a lot of the principle in 3d is basically uh, the same in 2d is just that 3d is a lot more uh, offer a lot more like imagination and immersion, uh, more freedom to express our ideas, and I loved it. And I thought, you know what, this uh, this could be like a whole new medium for me to design. And that's actually when I started learning a lot about uh, the UI, UX, and also like Unity, um, Unreal Engine, and and so on. Awesome. And so tell me a little bit more about sort of the the challenges or the constraints that you saw in designing for 3D spatial computing and all that good stuff. Like um, from a design perspective, what are those things that sort of stuck out for you in the beginning or even till now? Okay, so I guess... Uh for me, because I, I came from like a design world, I came from 2D and I know that the basic principles are actually the same. And I know a lot of people who come from within my industry would uh, prob probably say that. It's just that when you're, we're actually designing for VR and AR, um, you know, as a 2D designer, our main concern is that we were never exactly in touch with like the tech side of the product. Like, we know a little bit here and there, like, you know, we work with our front end, we work with our back end, but we have, like, this entire team dedicated to build this for us. And all that we we had to worry was 
more like um you know like the experience the user flows and like how it actually looks uh, decent to our users to support the business you know things like that but when i actually jump into like uh, ar and vr it uh, it made me realize that to be an, an ar and vr designers like those are just not the uh not enough skill like as a vr and ar designers there's a lot more uh, technology limitation that we need to understand when designing this because it includes people uh like it has it's still uh, it's not mature yet in terms of products which means that it still have a lot of limitation like nausea or um like a complication in a multimodal uh, sensors when you're actually putting like a headset and um you're seeing too much of visual you're not hearing things is just overloading the user's brain so those are the kind of things that i actually really learn along the way and honestly i am still learning uh with different products with different um experience uh i would say that would be like the biggest constraint when i i just started this like about last year right on yeah you know it feels like um in you know 2007 when the when the iPhone first came out and then you had this sort of mobile revolution um where we went from like desktop PC web-based applications and web pages to um mobile where things had to fit in the little screen of your palm of your pocket and it 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 felt like in those days for the first like few years a lot of things need to be figured out um exactly. and i think that's where VR and even AR to a higher degree is at this point where um in general there are some things that like uh you know since the 2013 Oculus Rift things have been figured out but like but it's still there's still room for learning like exactly what you said and and with AR even more especially with I would say mobile phone based AR um there's still a lot of um design issues with applications for example like um you know the heavy arm or the gorilla arm problem um where in yes. you got to be careful <laughs> where you about designing applications where um Pokemon Go I would say was a perfect example of this where in um you you would have users holding out their arms out like that for long periods of time and you and this is why they call it the gorilla arm problem because you, you your arms get heavy after a minute Um and so what are your thoughts about that like how how can designers overcome um design issues like the gorilla arm problem for example or or other ones that are arising as we speak Okay so uh basically uh th- that that was a really that was a really good question chris uh so basically we do have like some certain of upbra- basic principle that could help like our designers to tackle this issue uh the first one is i would say that you know when we're actually uh designing for vr or ar um you know like when we design things for 2d we can actually we have screens and we can actually say um Okay, this is where the users are going to hold the phone and probably this is just how how far it's going to go. But in VR like they're they're free. I mean like they can move around and they still need to see things around them. 
and um, I always tell the designers too that you know what uh, just because we have like this huge medium like this is a 360 degree medium but as a designer the first thing that you need to really worry about is actually just 180 degrees this is what we call like our affordant canvas and 90 degrees uh, towards the uh, field of view of our users now those are what we call like our working canvas now when we're designing the right ux and ui we better make sure that whatever necessary that we need to put inside that um inside that interface or environment is has to be like within that 90 degrees so uh, that actually also includes like uh, how, how how much you want your users to be able to to look at it uh, the perfect one they would say like up to like 20 degree like your hat cannot even tilt more than like 100 degree up or like more than 30 degree down we would have like the same problem like what we call like the tax neck yeah like we look down all the times on our phone like we're going to have the tax neck was it called the what the what neck sorry what is was it called again tax neck tax neck yeah tax neck okay <laughs> that's a funny name cool <laughs> Okay so like you know you're testing and then there's like the neck like you you're doing the text text neck Oh text so ne- oh like you're texting it. yeah yeah, yeah. there you go ah, ah, ah. Yeah So when you're actually uh designing things like if you if you put on your your arms way too long uh we have like some certain principle that says like okay if some interaction or in some game that you need to that require the users to put their hand uh up above the elbow you better make sure that the interaction is as fast as possible so we have like those kinds of uh of like basic principle and then if they need to reach something higher you better make sure that those things that they need to actually reach is not like be- beyond their 20 degrees or uh, if it's something like much uh, further you better give them some affordance something to actually reach that because you don't want to make break their presence you know for them So those are like the kind of things that uh, I learned along the way and um another thing that I actually really really learned along the way is that when you're designing a VR we need to actually match things really well with our real world which means like um the plausibility has to be there like suppose if I put like um like a banner like a screen banner somewhere like somewhere out there like um it has to be in a certain uh position that you will feel okay it's a banner it it is possible for it to be there but i don't have to exactly look so up to find it but i can still see them you know um we call that like the vista um the vista space uh those are like the kind of things that uh that is goes beyond like 20 meters away or personal space like what you and me have this is like 2 meters away so things like that so we have this kind of principle that we're actually uh, learning along the way of course thanks to companies like Oculus Microsoft um sorry HoloLens they are they have like good research foundation they actually help us a lot to um you know to come up with this principle and as a designer we just uh, this is the kind of thing that we need to learn so much more 
I want to I want to go deeper into the familiarity, the concept of this familiarity with the real world, because um, one of the things that you're trying to do um, with users is you're also trying to like, um, you know, this is something I, I would hear a lot at conferences or talks, and it would be something along the lines of like, you want to give people the feeling like they have superpowers. Um, and and because you're able to do things in the digital world and the metaverse that you can't do in the physical world. And so while um, I might be walking down a virtual reality street and there is this banner that might be or might not be an ad, you know, what, you know, in the real world, I would, I would walk past that banner, right? If there was an ad for like coconut milk, I love me some coconut milk. Um, I would just sort of like walk past it and it wouldn't really phase me. But like in the virtual world, there's this opportunity to allow me the superpower to look at it and interact with that ad or that information hub or whatever it needs to be. And so the question then becomes, you know, how do you hug that line between familiarity and superpowers, you know, and, and, and also um, in a way that like doesn't confuse users where, you know, ex you look at that virtual ad or that virtual banner and you know exactly what to do. And so I'm curious to know what are your thoughts on that? Okay. So I guess what you're actually saying that into this uh, familiarity is a combination of the real world and also uh, something what I would call like UI patterns. So uh, for example, um, okay, if you actually go over there, I actually have like a, a, like a question mark uh, sign. Did you see them? Um, I okay. I probably missed it. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm not doing a great UI. <laughs> okay, but anyway, so as you're actually going inside that room, mm -hmm. uh, I'm I'm trying to give people more a sense of like, what is this room about? Like, why is it here? Now, how can I do that? Is that um, I actually can just reuse. I, I, we, as a 3D designer, we do not even have to reinvent the UI pattern. No, we can just reuse what is uh, normally being used in 2D. For example, to find a certain things, we need to see like um, that question marks. And that means like, you know, maybe help. Or like if you need to uh, find a contextual help, it's like the bracket I. Oh, okay. So this is where I go, you know, to find help. So those kind of things is the kind of things that we can recreate. In in a case of your uh, say, like a banner like that, and you would like say to make it more um, immersive, which means like you would like to give the users more. We we call superpower inside. We are uh, agency. So when you're actually building, like say, I when I build this world. I, as, a, as an owner of this world, I decide how much agency do I, am I willing to give to my users? Can they fly? Can they click any button here? Can they actually sit on the chair and take a selfie? Can they, can they shout? Can they do megaphones? You know, th things like that. So, so these are just the kind of agency that as a designer, we, uh, we actually uh, give to our users. And uh, in my last talk, I actually did mention to you 
no matter where your users are or no matter uh, when you're designing you always have to remember as they walk uh, past like a certain new landmark or new area it is easier for them to actually get lost inside like vr or ar so whenever they actually enter like a new area or they have to complete like a certain goal we better make sure that any tools or any affordance that they actually need to um, recognize what is this where am i or what can be done in this world should actually include in their first 30 seconds of experience it's it's really important so even if you make the if you want to make like the banner as a designer you want to make the banners like really immersive where people can just click on it and maybe something like you know it says welcome to Kansas City and they can click on it and there's like a um what do you call this like a like a balloon probably come out and say like hey you know what i've, I've reached the city you know things like that it's okay as long as we actually just use the same 2D UI pattern, something that they're actually familiar with. They know, okay, this is actually clickable. Um, so far, what I see from testing this world with a lot of users, they, they're they okay with that. So it's not something that gives them uh, like interface awareness, like they're very confused what to do or something. So in a way, it's almost, um, in certain scenarios, it's almost unnecessary to try to reinvent the wheel. Um, no, I, I wouldn't suggest that. At least not in the early days of AR and VR. I mean, we're not mature yet. And um, I guess if, uh, if for people who come up, uh, who comes from like design world, they know this app called, I don't know whether you know this app or not. It's called Dribble. Have you heard of it? Dribble? Uh, probably not. Maybe in passing. Tell me more. Okay, so Dribble is actually like a social network um, like website where designers actually showcase all their like 2D designs or probably like 3D designs uh, skills. Like they create like this um, novel interaction, which is so awesome. But like how many of those interaction are actually uh, that works for the users? Very little. Because at the end of the day, we are actually either an iOS users or an Android users. And iOS and Android actually come up with their own mental model, which uh, brainwash our users already at such ways. So, like, it, if we try, as a designer, if we try to reinvent the wheel so much in the early stage of, like, the AR and VR adoption, I think it will get the... It will it will slower it will slow the adoption. That's what I feel. Mm, because it's it's kind of like um, it's kind of like completely new thing that yeah, yeah that users have to learn all over again. Yeah, it, I guess maybe eventually. It's no, you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, trying to because um, that's at a certain point. There's like WeChat. There's Kakao. There's WhatsApp. There's Signal, there's Telegram, there's Discord, there's all these different messaging apps. And after a while, I was like, I'm tired. I'm done. I don't want to learn how to like send a GIF on this one. And, you know, like there's just too much noise. And I feel like if you do that with like AR worlds or AR apps, it, it is overwhelming. It is this because you're, you're constantly trying to, you know, relearn a new language 
um, or in 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 a new whole new interaction language every time you step into a whole new world it's yeah, it's tiring so i i totally see that exactly yeah and that was actually the reasons why i um i keep on emphasizing do not reinvent the the ui pattern at least not for now at least until the adoption is in such state that you would say like it's maturing where people actually have figured out a lot more within this world and then we, we probably try to um bring like better experience by better ui you know things like that but otherwise um i wouldn't say that's actually like really wise to do so just because it's usable doesn't mean that it has to be boring you can we can still find a way to you know make it fun i like that i like that you mentioned that um now i'm curious to know more about your workflow and 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 so and, so, and just in general like with ar vr design like um what does it look like to go from you know, absolute zero to a somewhat finished or slash finished product. Like, can you perhaps provide me with a with a just, just general blueprint of what your designer workflow looks like? Are you using like pen and paper at first and then you're doing Figma and then you're doing Blender and then you're doing Unity? Like, or are you just going straight to Unity? Or, I mean, just I'm curious to know what that looks like. Okay, so I guess initially when I just started this, there was uh, the tools for 3D design was a completely different one than the 2D. I mean, in 2D, we actually use, uh, use a lot of like sketch. Uh, but when I just started 3D, I realized, okay, so sketch will not be enough. I mean, it was okay. You can actually start from there, but it will not be enough. Uh, but uh, my biggest mistake before was I started with Unity. So I started actually building something. I could do Unity a little bit because Unity is actually like a 3D modeling uh, program. So I thought, you know what, maybe let me just start there. So I started doing like a lot of like objects, you know, in Unity. But what I actually realized is that uh, building a prototype in 3D is way more expensive in terms of effort and time way way more rather than you're actually doing like a 2d uh, 2d design like a mobile app or something something that is by sketch it's already mature we have all the things we need there we just have to like kind of like cut and paste and everything and um create the uh the experience but in unity you literally built everything from scratch right so uh that was actually my my biggest mistake starting from unity and then I, to be honest, I actually took up a mentor because I was getting like a little frustrated last time. And so I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe I just need someone who's like even better than me. So I took up a mentor and my mentor actually gave me a really good advice saying that, um, you know what, Sonia, if you're going to start something in VR for 3D design, I suggest you strongly to start from pen and paper. So we have like, um, uh, we actually have like a template of how can we start from a pen and paper. Uh, she actually teach me how to um, start uh, sketching using pen and paper, which means like suppose when I when I wanted to build this wall, uh, I sketched this first in pen and paper. And that actually including of like, if I was standing here, where should my screen be? 
so that my users doesn't feel so overwhelmed they don't have to look up so much or look down so much or if i want to like when i want to put a chair here if they're actually sitting there um like is it nice for them so this all have like some certain of like depth and and this is the kind of things that it's easier to be figured out by like pen and paper so in my in my next class in my upcoming class actually we are going to talk a lot more about uh this uh, pen and paper thing uh but the next thing so once i actually uh, done with the pen and paper sketching and then only uh, the next thing i do is to decide where do i want this um this experience to be is it mobile only or is it headset or um where is it like for for like a, diff- a completely different um system which means like i want to say i want to create my own art space now a lot of people who actually uh, and i did learn this the hard way too a lot of people who actually doesn't know this they jump immediately to to unity because actually unity creates like a really nice high end vr experience but if you're actually there are actually three frameworks that are being used out there the first one is called the mozilla aframe now mozilla aframe is i would say the most easiest framework uh, out there that is being provided by mozilla for designers to just jump and create vr experience uh, for like um say maybe oculus rift something like that so they're more like a gaming uh a gaming vr things something like that and then the second one the second framework is called daydreams now jump into daydreams if you're actually making a like a program or a vr experience for mobile that's it you don't even need unity all you need is just daydream vr and it will work perfectly for mobile but only actually go to unity when you're actually building like a high end experience say something like this like you have to you want it to be like as real as possible and then you go into unity or you go into like um like unreal engine and they will be able to help you to build like uh, a proper immersive experience um initially when i just started this last year i was really confused so i actually started things from like unity luckily i had like a little knowledge in unity though back then it wasn't enough but today i guess when someone comes to me and say like hey sonia like i would actually like to make like a like a vr or ar experience i my my, my first question would be like uh where do you want it to be is it mobile only or is it like um you want it inside like something like out space like this or is it like for headset like a good graphic headset or just you know maybe like a medium one because it's different and i don't think like as a designer we should waste so much of our time building that as you know when you're actually building something for vr and ar the most and foremost important things is actually prototype is the prototype you have to test because you will never be able to actually get it right right in the first time and if if you spend like crazy amount of time of developing them in like a, a very complex framework um you might miss miss out a lot without getting like feedback much much in advance um that is that is very true where in yeah you do end up uh and i and i don't know what that 
psychological pattern is where um, designers or developers um, are are sort of um, I don't know if it's fear I don't know what it is but it's this hesitancy to like put something out there and get others opinions you know as quickly as possible so you can iterate and you know it's kind of like usability testing like and I'm curious to know how yeah. how you go about that like you know what sort of um, uh, best practices methodologies or ideas that you pro that you've you've learned on how to do you know proper usability testing for AR VR experiences okay I guess for AR and VR experience we actually have like a, a really specific set of questions questionnaire I would say that is uh, suitable and uh, is being made accordingly to to the kind of experience that you are uh, building but I would say that uh, the most common thing that you could actually go into is uh, three the first one is um, presence like how presence could you actually um, make your users feel the second one is actually uh, the inter interface richness which means like um, we, we, this has a lot more to do with possibility possibility is when the users came in and you say like hey do you realize that you're actually on a concrete floor and they were like oh yeah yeah I am so they actually can match this up with their real world and they realize that you know oh yeah okay, I am actually in a concrete world or I'm actually out in the forest somewhere so just to iterate because you're a little bit your oh, your microphone is a little bit um, jaggedy um, it, the first one is presence the second one is plausibility and yes. there you go you're sounding better now <laughs> okay and the third one is actually a multimodal interaction now this is something that i would say really important because that you know when we're actually so when i actually started building this world i passed this world so many times to users so many times okay so that was our show thanks so much for listening i'm gonna put all the links in the show notes to uh, some of Sonia's, Sonia's slides, um, how to get in touch with her, and um, her. Hopefully, there's some upcoming UX talks that you can watch, uh, whether in Pancake Mode or in VR, uh, that she's be, she'll be hosting in Altspace. So keep an eye out for that. Um, so yeah, thanks again to Sonia. Thank you for watching slash listening, and I'll see you in the next one.